right, so I've finally sat down and recorded this podcast. This one has been sitting in the banks for about a month. This is the Paris-Roubaix podcast. And luckily, or somehow I knew that Matt Heyman was going to have a big day. So I decided to sit down with Matt Heyman the night before and get his thoughts before the race. So it's a two-part episode. We've got Matt Heyman the night before, and I've got Matt Heyman one month from Roubaix. And it's taken me a month to get this out because unfortunately on the day I had a bit of a fall and I've been recovering from that. And so it's taken me three or four weeks before I can speak properly on the microphone and before I could record it. So I'm going to sit down and speak to Maddie post-Roubaix, a little bit post, but I think it'll still be very good, obviously, because he's uh, taken the biggest win out, I think, in your career. Before we start, I want to say five points from Roubaix, just to set up the race. The race is 260 kilometers in length, where the first 100 kilometers are on normal roads, and the last 160 kilometers is laced with 50 kilometers worth of cobblestone sectors. Sector 18, Tornado Arenberg, is the hardest sector of the race. It's 2,400 meters in length, so 2.4k of the roughest cobblestones you guys can imagine. Um, these cobblestones were laid in the Napoleon time of the Napoleon, and they're laid through the Napoleon uh, through the Wallace Forest. The first edition of Roubaix was held in 1896, which makes this 114th. And what else have I got here? Of course, Roubaix special frames and wheels are used. Wider tyres, different brakes, different frames. This is all because of the actual cobblestones. The degree of these roads mean that you have to ride different bikes just to get across them without the bikes breaking and falling apart. Um, And the fifth point I want to say today is... It's the hell of the north, queen of the classics, the Easter race, a Sunday in hell, it's Paris-Roubaix. This is the queen of the classics, this is a memorial, there's five memorials in the season, this is the pinnacle of the career of anyone's race, it's the best race. So, I've got the winner, the night before, the day after, enjoy. going so we've moved hotels night before the race we're in our favorite not so favorite hotel of the year it's actually one of the worst hotels you can stay in before the best race of the year but we're in a funny place so that's what we've got um and it's the start of Roubaix so you deal with it 
But I'm sitting here with my teammate, Matt Heyman, and I think the most experienced guy for Paris-Roubaix there is in the peloton today. He's entering his 15th edition, which is phenomenal. And you've finished all 15 editions, Matt? Yeah, I've got to the... And I guess it's something I always... When I started, I wanted to get to the velodrome. I remember my first one and wanting to, saying, whatever you do, and having old guys tell me, you know, you want to get to the velodrome, you want to know what that is. And I was like, pretty sure that's what I was going to do. It didn't matter. I was going to do my job. But then after that, I was going to—I was along for the ride and I wanted to go all the way. And something that's just really stuck, it's one race. I don't pull out of a lot of races, but this is one I really um, <coughs> would push pretty hard. There's been some days I've been a long way out the back in this race. And I actually spoke about, I spoke to Luke Rowe about this race a little while ago. And I said to him, this, I feel this is the only race that you race all the way to the line, no matter what position. And it's... I'm getting goosebumps now. It's a nostalgia of coming in that velodrome and it's completion of like a battle. And it doesn't matter if you're with a teammate or just another rider, you feel this bond at that moment, like we've made it. Um, is that yeah, a feeling yeah. you have? Yeah, and I think also another part of that is that it's at the end. I mean, if it, if it was the other way around and we had Flanders next week, would, would there be a bit more of a special feeling? It seems to be the end of the Cobble Classic. So mm. it's something that you've been... It's crescendoing to here. It has been since you started training last year, you know. So, and it's that tiredness, and you know, when you just you you get emotional when you're overtired, when you when you <laughs> when you're really stuffed, and um, you know, there's oh, I've come in there once and it was starting to rain lightly and the lights came on, so you're oh, in the velodrome fuck. with floodlights, little little, you know, it's nice and just a shine on the velodrome. That's pretty special too, you know. Yeah. And that's so yeah, it's 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 a just finishing on a velodrome. I mean, how many races do you do that? Like, None. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something, and um, it can be lonely as in you're out there trying to get through those last sectors. There's always crowds on the last ones, but then you're kind of coming down and then you come into that velodrome and there's just and um, every. It seems to be that the the crowd's pretty open to cheer for anybody. They're as happy yeah. for the last guy as they are the first guy. They're pretty happy. Pretty. I guess the French are proud of anybody who gets through their race, you know, like yeah. we've, we've given this tough race and these guys are getting through it. So That is the feeling, actually. I heard you say that before on the bus yeah. and um, it really is the feeling, especially if you've been out the back or wherever you are and you're on your own, you get a chance to take in the crowd because sometimes I get, when I get involved in the race and I'm actually in the front of the race, I don't notice yeah. the crowd that much. But when you get a moment to break away from that or you've been dropped and then suddenly you take it in a, min- a minute, you're yeah. like, holy crap, this yeah. is... They're really they're really excited for me and I'm yeah. a bit of a grump last because I've <laughs> fallen off three times and changed my wheel and gave my bike to someone. But these people are that happy to see someone riding across their cobbles. Well, let's yeah. go into that just quickly. It's a, it's a massive question. How hard is it? You can answer that any way you like. Um, I've always said it's hard, very hard, but you're prepared for it, and that makes it a bit easier. I don't, you don't go into Roubaix expecting anything but the hardest race, race. of your life. Yeah. yeah, and so you're totally prepared. I mean, I often feel that some of the harder actual days to get through might be. In a race, it's supposed to be pretty cool, and then it starts to rain, and totally happens. agree, yeah. And that's really, 
here you are ready to go hard. You're ready to, yes. s- to you know, even maybe ready to take a tumble, ready to have bad luck. So you're pretty prepared for it. <coughs> and, yeah, it's hard. It rattles at six hours. But, mm. yeah, I feel like it's a little bit easier because you're ready for it. That's a you great know. answer because I was even thinking before, I was like, Oh, it'd be good if I just, you know, just say I only had one puncher or, you know, the chain yeah. doesn't get stuck this year or, yeah. you know, because you're like, yeah. you can deal with a, a bit of shit yeah, and you're almost ready for something to go bad, yeah. wrong, and you yeah. can deal with that. I know I can at least get back one time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know like some of the big boys, they can have two or three things, still come yeah. back and go for the win. Um, yeah. No, definitely I think it's a, the way you, it's hard and it's going to, but you're prepared for that. Yeah, and sometimes it's struggling. The other ones are when you're expecting something to go the other way, and that's that's more harder. You're just oh, ready yeah. to suffer, and you you know why you're there, and yeah. you know what you're doing, and this is what you've trained for. And yeah. that's a lot easier to take than than you know some climber handing it to you in a race when you think, oh, why are they even chasing this? Why is this team even chasing? The head's that's, not in that's, it. Yeah, that's harder sometimes. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon that's. That's I want to be at Roubaix. That's I want to so be on spot the on. Yeah. Because I think, and the people who find it the hardest don't want to be here. Yeah. And if you don't want to be here, I can't even imagine doing this race if you don't want to be here. No. It'd be hell. Yeah. No, so definitely. And and I think probably 70, 80% of the peloton want to be here. It, think it's something yeah, special. I, I think, think so too. There's a feeling, definitely. Once you've done one or two sections, the guys there, they, they've got some passion I mean even Mark Cavendish he's, he's going to line up tomorrow he knows what this is it's a special race he's a sprinter but he wants to be part of it mm. yeah that's true um, bike setup. it's just a you just briefly like we don't need to go too in depth but like bike setup. what are some little intricacies that you do that you don't think others do or maybe others do that you've seen someone do like for instance me <sighs> example I did my first Roubaix and I heard that the riders put two rolls of bar tape on their bars I thought oh yeah that could be cool to do you know didn't even know if it was good or anything I just did it because I heard and from that day 2009 I've always had two rolls of bar tape because it always felt better so that's something I've always done Um, what's something small that you do or you've continued to do since then (sighs) my thing is I do nothing yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's fine. Full no, normal setup. I um I I do actually I drop move the bars out a little bit and make the levers a little bit higher so just under the the head stem and and twist the bars up a, a tiny bit. Oh, I I've never heard of that. No, I just I just feel a bit more comfortable, you know, if your hands are rattling around, I don't want them to fall off the hoods or anything. So just a little bit more comfortable position. That's a great idea. Yeah. I should tell <laughs> Just a few mil, it's not much. Yeah. Um and it just gives you that that you cuz you know, they they're rattling around a fair bit and you're trying to change from the drops to the top sometimes and you just want to be able to grab but I think um yeah early on I mean Mark Walters was a teammate of mine back at Rubberbank and he's kind of guy I looked up to a lot and this race was the only race of the year he got to kind of be a leader of the team he wasn't he was a really good domestic and and didn't really and I and I just used to follow what he used to do and he didn't do anything so hmm. that was kind of me and um this year I've even gone even one step further and I'm riding a pretty stiff rig and just um 
I think tyre pressure is probably more so than any other bike thing, but um, we probably talked to Fausto about that and and, and tyres and tyre pressure. I think people have come and gone with different kinds of um, springs or suspension, suspension different yeah, different bikes and, and yeah length of bikes and I think probably the biggest difference is, is getting the tyre pressure spot on and having mm. the, the right tyres what, what, out of interest what are you doing tomorrow uh, I'll probably run about um, 4.8 front and back yeah. oh double you Four, do the same uh, yeah maybe a little bit more in the back maybe 5 yeah I'm doing that yeah, yeah. I'm doing so the same just, as that you Sweet. got the weight on the back and you just want to it's the front's, you know, what's giving you a lot of the shock and if you've got 80 kilos sitting on the back tyre, you don't... And you're going to get punches if you set a bit more on the back. But yeah. other than that, nothing really. And that's um 4.8 and 5. What is that in PSI? Not much. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, we always talk about maybe um, 50, 60 or something. 60. Something like that. Someone might have but to look that up. <laughs> we're also riding pretty big bag tyres. So. Yeah. It's, it goes on feel. I mean, and I don't think you can compare two tyres either. Yeah. Um, if you're running an FMB or you're running a continental, continental yeah. it's, they're totally different. Yeah, different pressures on different yeah, tyres. Yeah. And the, some of them are 30, some of them 28. Um, so it's a bit of a feeling. I think you get a, a lot more difference out of the tyre pressure than you do out of any other bike setup. Mm. That's one thing Falso said. He goes, look, and we both discuss it that... It, a lot of people do think it's up to the, the bikes, the suspension, the wheels, but, you know, all those things play a part. But I think it is exactly what you said. It comes back to the the simple thing, the thing making in contact with the cobblestones. Yeah. That's the tyres. And the give and take of, um, you can have a sweet ride on the cobbles, but um, how much energy you're using on the road. So Which that's is... just, just a, it's a constant way up of those two, for and against. Exactly. There are cobbles, but there's 210k of roads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so um weather this is a big one with Roubaix yeah and you've been lucky enough or unlucky enough to do two wet Roubaix yeah and it looks pretty spectacle on TV yeah but what's it like yeah I, I've kind of changed my mind the last few years I, there was a few years of me I was you know thinking oh I wouldn't mind doing another one you know it's a it's takes another half an hour to get to Roubaix, but it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, it's a lot slower. It's a bit harder for guys to ride away and just step out of a corner mm. and, and attack. You know, Never thought of that. It's like yeah. a headwind, you know. It's just the speed slows down. and um, But it is chaos and you don't... It's just, yeah. It, what makes it some, chaos? It, the cobbles are just slipperier or there's mud on there? Yeah, or? There's, there's just a lot of crashing. Yeah. So you got a lot more mechanicals. A lot. Did you more. crash in your wet ones? I would have at least two or three times. It's yeah. just a, it's a given. Yeah. I mean, I didn't in the Tour de France. We did a couple of years ago. So, but I was in the breakaway. I mean, guys were going down in the bumps all the time. So it's a bit of a given that that's if you're riding a wet Roubaix. I mean, there's, you're gonna you're, you're gonna come five, down. You're gonna lucky lucky to be five five guys that don't crash. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but. Um, and they're just, most of the time they're pretty silly and, but you're riding along on cobbles and a guy goes down in front and you what can you do? Nothing. Yeah. You, you can't. Go, you hit the brakes, you're going to crash. You ride over him, you're going to crash. So, and um, you can't turn cause you're going to no, crash cause they're slippery no, as hell. So you just kind of go with it and it happens a fair bit. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, but it was also fun, exciting, um, and I I felt like I, I did all right in that kind of conditions. And but maybe I got a bit older now, and and the thought I was talking to to Sam about it today that sprinting into Arenberg in the wet in the wet is not a nice thing and you know it goes downhill at the start and you know what's there you know what it's like and it's not something I, really I can't actually on. even imagine doing that thing in any worse conditions than dry and what it is yeah because it's even slightly slippery in, in the, the dry. dry yeah so it's not nice and, and having you are sprinting like a bunch sprint and there's that just pure fear so you're trying to get to the front out of fear of, you know, the guy in the 10th wheel could just slip on the way in and it's a, it's a bunch sprint into there. So it's, that's not something I'd really want to do, but if that's the way it is and have another <laughs> go at it, but no, that's, and you know, in a wet rebate, it's not going to be the bunch sprint that it is in a dry rebate. There's already guys having Go difficulties, on. people waiting and the group would be probably a bit more strung out. Um, but that being said, yeah, not something I need to do again. But if it came around, I mean, three, four, five years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, another wet Roubaix. I'm feeling all right. But, you know, it's a bit more chancy. You might not get the same win as you always get. I'll be up for that. But yeah, yeah. this year I'm thinking more like, no, oh, I wouldn't mind just having a straight up. It's a bit more honest, you know, um, in, in the dry. And you know what? I think that when I'm further away from Roubaix, yeah. So say like around Christmas time or something, and I might be talking about Paris Bay. I might say, you know what? Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a wet one, you know. Yeah. And then suddenly it's the end of the classic season. You know what wet cobbles feel like, and you're like, you know what? The last thing I want is a wet day yeah. tomorrow. And and just doing the training ride and riding into Arenberg, and yeah. you'd have to be fighting guys to get in there. And and you know, fact is, I don't trust every guy in the bunch. And <laughs> <laughs> to be on anyone's wheel, you'd have to have a lot of trust to be following someone through yeah. there. And that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. Um, so, no, but they are, again, it just adds another massive heroic dimension to a race that's already pretty heroic. And, and, you know, I just remember also going, just not knowing where anybody was in the race, and my teammates, not knowing who was where, how far in front, behind. Um, because of the, just the, the conditions chaos, and the not chaos, being able to see, yeah, really. and... You go on to a section and guys slide out and you come off. You're in a big group. You're in a small group. You're you can't even really see the colours. People got jackets yeah, on, muddy. from the muddy. back, it's all right. From the front, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, if you look around, you don't even know. Everyone's just mud. But from the back, you're still able to see, see the, the jerseys. Yeah. Jerseys pretty well, but yeah. Well, on that, types of riders. Like, you and I know... It's a different type of rider to a guy who's winning the Tour de France. Why? What what makes it a different rider? Um, I think you made a really good point at the start. You want to be there. It's yeah. you like this stuff. Yeah. For whatever reason, you like this. A lo- I guess a lot of times <clears throat> you enjoy things you're good at. Mm. And um, yeah, there's not there's not that many guys that are around that are that are no good. You know that. Oh, I'm really good at riding Roubaix and I, I hate it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but a, a pure physical level, I think um, it's that, I think Roubaix against some of the others, you don't have the super peaks here. It's that six hours of 
you know, if you want to break it down, look at your, your power files and that. It's it's shorter sprints, but just plugging away at mm. a fairly like I don't know if you anybody knowing the actual four or five watts per kilo all day long. You know, it's mm. just it's a, a diesel. It's a yeah. Um, and then you've got to be able to just kind of still manage to get to your threshold, you know, on those sections. So uh, it's like you've got to be able to diesel along all day and just miniature peaks along yeah, the way, but and, not big. And then also doing the, the, the five hours of controlled, aggressive positioning. Yeah. So every section is important to be in the front without losing energy. So. And I think that gets totally unseen on TV, the fight. The concentration and yeah. the fight, and some guys I think just get sick of, you know, fighting. Like they they're tired, and then the mental side of it goes. I couldn't be bothered fighting anymore. Like I don't want to move up anymore. You lose and position, then you sleep back, and it's a constant. And then you're behind, and then you're someone like, loses the position in front yeah. of you. There's a gap, and then, and then that's it. You're in second group. Yeah. So it's so it's a bit of a combination of that. the pure physical side of it, um, the concentration, the controlled kind of. Yeah, what do you say? The controlled aggression of mm. for, for on an extended the concentration period. of it. It's not yeah. just you know you can line up for a bunch sprint. It's ten minutes. You know it's yeah. we've got to be on for this last 10, 15 k. But you got to be on before this section, before this section, before that, and yeah. then still have something left for the final. And not losing your cool exactly. Big time. Yeah. Just keeping that in check, not getting too annoyed with what's going on around you and and what's going on. Um. This is a big one. Best moment of all the years, if you can put it down to one, but you don't have to put it into one if you've got a couple, whatever. But I know you've got some, some good stuff there. But just if you can just think back and you go, something that keeps bringing you back to this race, you go, well, look, for me, in 2011... I came to the velodrome. I was in early breakaway, and you caught me in the front group. Yeah. And I had a chance to ride with the big boys. Yeah. And I was pretty much like just cruising on the back of a group of fifteen, and just going, "What am I doing here?" Yeah. Looking around, you came past Kenshalara and Boone, and I was just like, oh, "I'm out of place here." And I managed to hang on, and we came into the velodrome, and we sprinted for a top ten there. And that's something that always brings me back whenever I'm having a bad classics period or whenever I sort of forget about Roubaix that's my moment that I always remember and that got me hooked on the race even more so than I was hooked before Um, do you have anything like that 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 you can think of? Yeah I guess almost the same year too because I mean people have been saying oh you're good at Roubaix you're good at Roubaix and and it's your race you know Um, early on and I didn't get any results you know finishing 20 minutes down you zayed right away halfway through the race into a headwind and you just drag yourself home but, um so that for me that same year was a bit of a well maybe i can i mean i got in a break after arenberg and rode across to you guys and we had the eventual two out of three guys from the podium in that group which was uh johan von zumer and um martin chalingi mm-hmm. and i think fabian was the other guy on the podium so he came from the pelton so so as much as, yeah, I was happy with that, it also felt like it was kind of, I didn't play my cards right and that was kind of the chance that I had to ever get on the podium. Um, but I, I was there and I got excited and I was feeling good and I did some attacks. and then That's the thing. like It was you, great yeah, at the time and, and yeah. 
I was attacking in Roubaix at the pointy end of the race with yeah, fifteen k to go. Um, but yeah, lady, well, that could have been the one chance, and I didn't feel like these other guys were much better. Diff- you know, yeah. Fabian, Tom, they're on another level. They're you know, I'm happy, and at the time I was riding with Fletcher. He was there, and, and that was my goal was always, you know, that was my job um, to help him and, and felt like a guy that also probably should have had a, a chance to win Roubaix, you know, or, or one of those big classics. He never really, he was on the podium a lot, but he didn't win one, and he's a guy that really deserved probably to. Um, but, yeah, so that was an, uh, that was a year that, yeah, it kind of went, well, I finished top 10 in, in Roubaix, and the year later I finished 10th I think with um, and we were chasing Tom Bowman like he mm. was away and we're on riding riding tempo on the front of of Roubaix like towards yeah. the end I mean it wasn't you know we got a bit of a ripping for how can four guys from Sky let Bonin ride away um, but yeah that was a, another kind of well actually I, this is my spot in the race up the front here so yeah that's cool that's a cool realisation I can imagine going I can I can follow across the hardest sectors, and then from that I can I can attack from here, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I think last year was another point for uh, for Jens to you know him finishing there. I think that was his. And that's our teammate know, Jens Kirkelair. Yeah, yeah, what does Oprah say? The aha moment that he said, "I can actually do this. This mm. is this is within my realm." and and it's one of those races. You you have a look through the results, and every now and again, a podium gets thrown up with these guys. Whether it's whether it's Stewie, whether it's Roger Hammond, whether it's um, Swedish guy um, Magnus Baxter. Magnus Baxter. These guys are they've all been good bike riders, but they're not normal podium on monuments, and mm. and that's what I think keeps for a lot of riders. It's like could be Christmas tomorrow it could be that day that it all falls my way that I'm in that break or the group that goes and there's often you know um, Gerdon who won you know in the break sat on and then and managed to win so there's for everybody there's I think there's a little bit of that feeling that they there's a chance it's a bit of a it's not a lucky they're all good riders but it's one of those races where everybody still has a bit of a chance yeah exactly exactly um well, thanks, Matt. We're um, we're on the eve. Oof, it's Christmas is tomorrow. It is, and I'm 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 nervous. I'm nervous, but also just as excited, like you just said, then to get in there and do it. And it's going to be a brilliant day out, no matter what happens. It's going to be a hard day out. Um, no, I mean that's what we're ready for, isn't it? Exactly. That's why, that's why we're here. Thanks, mate, for talking to me. Let's get in the break. Eh? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the race. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool, mate. Thanks. So there we have it, Matt Heyman the night before, a little unsure how his form's going to be, what's going to happen as we all are the night before, but I think rightly so, he's a little more unsure. Coming up, the best podcast there is, we're talking to the winner of 216 Roubaix, Matt Heyman, it's a brilliant one, hang in there, couple days, it'll be up.